We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and welcome to a holiday episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 in uh, rather unseasonably warm downtown Halifax. Um, it's like plus five, I think it is. It's kind of crazy right now, and uh, as far as White Christmas, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I digress. That will be coming up in about half an hour's time. For now, let's take a look at what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net, starting with uh, Scarlet bringing us three new episodes of Fallout 4, as well as five episodes of Blood. Um, Jason with uh, two, three, four new episodes of Little King's Story. I think that series is done now. Um, the last episode doesn't seem to be on the site, but you can check it on our YouTube as well. Uh, Scarlet brings us three new episodes of God of War Ghost of Sparta and Jason with two episodes of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, we also have a few new uh, soundtracks including new no, new Super Land was last week. Uh, the Ninja Warriors as well as Octodad Deadliest Catch are now available on the site. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say. To begin with, let's get on to the um, archives music, which is the only non-holiday uh, music I have lined up for today. Um, it's gonna be pretty cool. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Hidehiro Funeuchi and is the song from Area 1 from today's game from the archives. You're up against a cold-blooded snake of an enemy. Red Falcon had devoured a portion of this planet, and now the vile Black Viper has come from deep space for seconds. But he hasn't come alone. Vipers transported a battalion of ba uh, Battletron tanks, stealth subs, laser cannons, and annihilating androids. And he sees a secret naval lab to develop a new breed of supreme alien being. 
So, Scorpion stands alone against biological experience gone bad like towering tarantulas and venomous vesti flies. His mission, level the lab before a viper transforms Earth into an alien nation. Although he may be a sol uh, solo commando, Scorpion has an array of devastating weapons at his disposal, like an M90 shell shocker, fire phaser, and homing blaster. But it will take more than sheer firepower to survive five new lethal levels of naval ports forest caverns in a laboratory filled with genetic mutants. You've got a snowball's chance in high tea of making it, but that's the way Scorpion likes it. That's quite the description. <laughs> so this is Operation C. It's a um, shoot-em-up platformer game developed by Konami. Uh, it's for the game, uh, game Boy, the original Game Boy. Developed by Konami, published by Ultra and released in 1991. And uh, it's basically just uh, your run-of-the-mill Contra game, except it is uh, on the Game Boy, which allows you to bring it with you wherever you want. It's pretty neat. It's an interesting concept. Have you ever heard of handheld video games? I have. And you probably have, too, if you're listening to this. Anyway, I digress. Jason has four episodes of that, sh of that, uh, of that game. Not that show, that game. It's a show about games. So, what, do you, what am I going to say? Four episodes, Jason, on lowbiasgaming.net. Check it out. Jansaw with Charlie Brown's Christmas theme to the Peanuts cover uh, from the album Merry Chipmas 2011 and you are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And uh, 
This is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. Did you know that? I bet you did. And speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird. And as I've previously mentioned, I am looking for something similar to news of the weird, but not news of the weird itself, but in the same sort of digest format. If you know of anything, please let me know over on the Twitter at at, um, SquareSim, S-Y-M. And also, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences. This segment's usually about uh, 12 to 14 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story, Special Delivery. Staff at the Martin County, Florida Correctional Institute uh, spied some suspicious activity on the morning of December 16th. Around 1.30 a.m., a drone was spotted hovering over an inmate housing center while at the same time, a black pickup truck rolled slowly in front of the center. The, ta- the Tampa Bay Times reported officers stopped the truck and questioned Conceda Didiano, 22, and her mother Cassandra Kerr, 40, who said they had driven the 200 miles from their home in Tampa so Didiano could learn how to drive the truck. But Kerr's husband is an inmate at the facility and after a drone and package of contraband, tobacco and mobile phones turned up near the front gate of the prison, Kerr came clean. I did it. The remote and iPad are in the back seat. Both Didiano and Kerr have been charged with introducing contraband into a correctional center. Well, yeah. This at least that's some dedication. If they really did drive 200 miles, at least that's some dedication. That does make it right, but they're dedicated, at least. Um, one moment. Alright, our next story, Anger Mismanagement. And there are one, two stories? Yes, two stories. H.W. Taylor III, 51, of Chatfield, Texas, was charged December 12th with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon at uh, after a parking dispute escalated outside a Domino's pizza shop in Jarrell. Determined to park his tractor-trailer in a restricted area, reported the Austin American statement, Statesman, Taylor removed a chain blocking the area and parked the, tr- uh, parked the truck there, even as store employees told him not to. Williamson County Sheriff deputies were called after Taylor pointed a gun at the chest of one of the employees and then shot a 9mm round into the ground nearby, causing a small piece of the bullet to strike the employee in the ear. Having lost his appetite for pizza, Taylor returned to his truck and drove away, but officers soon caught up to him in another county. The Domino's worker had a small cut to his ear and is expected to survive. I should hope so. It's his ear. That's one dynamic way of getting a piercing, for one thing. I wouldn't recommend it, because it involves guns. Uh, In Mesa, Arizona, diverging tastes in music led to a fatality on December 14th, reported the Arizona Republic. Officers responded to a call of shots fired at an apartment complex where Sheldon Sturgill, 41, told him he shot his roommate after an argument and fistfight over the type of music they were listening to. Sturgill and his roommate had been drinking shots and beer before the altercation. He was held on suspicion of second-degree murder. It is unclear what the offensive music choice was. Well... Might I suggest death metal? No, that's terrible. Shut up, Coolio. Our next story, alternative medicine. Havana, Cuba resident Pepe Casana, 78, has discovered a tried and true way to treat his rheumatism pain. Once a month for the last 10 years, Casana seeks out a blue scorpion, which is endemic to Cuba, and lets it sting him. I put the scorpion where I feel pain, Casana told Reuters. After the sting, it hurts for a while, but then it calms and goes, and I don't have any more pain. In fact, researchers have confirmed that the scorpion's venom has anti-inflammatory and pain relief effects. It may even delay cancer growth in some patients. A Cuban pharmaceutical company has been selling a homeopathic pain remedy called Vitatox, Vitatox, made from the scorpion venom, but Casanas, a former tobacco farmer, takes the simpler route. He sometimes keeps a scorpion under his straw hat for luck, where he says it likes the shade and humidity. That seems like a terrible idea. 
I mean, I understand that it has, you know, remedic effects. You don't keep a scorpion under your hat. That's... Oh. Oh boy. Well, I suppose it takes all kinds, and if it works for him, then um, we're going to go with that. Our next story, Foul Fetish. The Daily Mail reported on December 14th that a Chinese man, identified only as Peng, 37, was hospitalized in Zhangzhou, Fujian province, after he complained of a cough and chest pains. As doctors examined him, Peng admitted that he is, quote, addicted to smelling his socks that he had been wearing. The pain in his chest, turns out, was a fungal infection he had inhaled from his socks. While Peng is expected to make a full recovery, other people fessed up on Chinese social media that they have the same habit. The reason I smell my socks is to know if I can continue wearing them on the next day, one commenter said. Another pledge to wash my socks every day now. That's probably a good idea. Oh, there, there's worse things in life. There's people who smell other people's socks and... Yeah. Anyway. You do you, as long as you're not hurting anyone in the process. Creative currency. Yes. Smelly socks. No. Um, maybe it was the... <laughs> yes. No. Yes, no. No. Creative currency. Let's get, let's get started on that, shall we? Maybe it was the triple breakfast stacks McGriddles that lured Anthony Andrew Gallagher, 23, to the drive-thru lane out of Port St. Lucie, Florida McDonald's to satisfy his hungries on the morning of December 16th. But when it came time to pay, the Associated Press reported, Gallagher offered the dude in the window a bag of weed instead of cold hard cash, which might fly in Canada, not so much in the States. Well, probably wouldn't really fly that well in Canada either. Uh, the worker declined the payment, and Gallagher drove away, returning a while later. McDonald's staff called police after the first attempt, and Gallagher was apprehended for marijuana possession and driving under the influence. Again, that first that first charge is no longer a problem up here, but perhaps it will take some time for the rest of the world to wise up a little bit. Our next story is under under the title of <clears throat> Wait for it. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Retired hospitality executive Rick Antosh, 66, of Edgewater, New Jersey, was enjoying a plate of oysters at Grand Central's Oyster Bar in New York City when he felt something hard in his mouth. I just all of a sudden felt like something felt something like a tooth or filling and it's terrifying, Antosh told Pix11 News. But when he looked at it, he realized it was a pearl. Antosh called over the floor manager to ask how often such a discovery happens and was told he'd never heard of it before. Antosh has not had the pearl appraised, but early estimates say it could be worth $2,000 to $4,000. Well, for having a bit of a, of a uh, tooth loss scare there, that paid off pretty well. Our next story, Unusual Tastes and not taste of, you know, Pearl Jam. Um, yes. Karen Kahaney, 42, of Barnsley, South Yorkshire, England, is a heavy smoker puffing on 60 to 80 cigarettes a day. But as she watches TV in the evening, Kahaney also eats eight cigarette butts. Ick. And as a side dish, she eats about nine ounces of chalk every week. Her odd addictions are related to pika, she told the Mirror, a condition that involves eating things that aren't really food. I have no idea what triggered it, she said. It isn't so much the taste of the cigarette butts or the chalk that I like, it's more of the texture and the crunch. When she runs out of either item, uh, quote, I get quite agitated and my mouth begins to water. Kahaney hasn't consulted a doctor about her addiction, claiming she is too embarrassed, but she has discovered a Facebook page for others who suffer, who suffer from Pika. It makes me feel like less of a weirdo, less like I'm going mad, Kahaney said. She won't go to a doctor, but she'll tell her story to Mirror Online. Um, okay. Well, 
at least you're not eating, you know, double A batteries. I have seen a story about that. And, um, yeah, that, that requires emergency me- measures pretty darn fast. Our next story, Redneck Chronicles. Call it a dangerous case of mistaken identity. The Helena, Montana Independent Record reported that a 27-year-old man was shot at multiple times on December 16th after being mistaken for Bigfoot. The unidentified man told police he was setting up targets for shooting on federal land when bullets struck the ground nearby. He ran for cover, then confronted the shooter who said the first man, quote, was not wearing orange and thought he was Bigfoot, said Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton. The cryptid impersonator described the shooter's vehicle to police, but didn't want to press charges, asking only that the shooter be lectured about safe shooting. He was setting up targets, and then he became the target. Because Bigfoot. Don't go shooting Bigfoot. Bigfoot is people too. Right? Right. Are we agreed? Yes. Let's keep going to our last story of the day. Wait, what? Jim Alexander, 41, and Bettina Bradshaw, 54, of Torquay, Devon, England, are planning a Christmas feast for family and friends. On the menu, deer, pheasant, rabbits, badgers, all roadkill. Again, I say, ick. Alexander, a trained butcher, has collected nearly 50 fresh animal corpses over the past year. I know people will think it's unusual, but really it just makes sense, Alexander told Metro News. Bradshaw says her family refers to him as a serial killer, but he has gradually won her over to the idea of eating roadkill. The first few times he brought a deer home, he told me it was for the dog. Obviously, turn your nose up a bit at the start, but now it doesn't bother me at all, she said. Alexander said his odd collecting habits have drawn the attention of police, but, quote, Once they realize I'm doing nothing wrong, they are fine, and one even helped me lift an animal into the van, he said. Okay, um... I mean, I guess that means they're not going to waste, but... Oh my goodness. You know what? I would say you do you as long as you're not hurting anyone, but can't, you kind of are, possibly. So you might want to check on that. Um, anyway, that's not for me to judge. Let's judge the weather, shall we? Because it is really weird right now. And um, looking like I said, not a, um, not a white Christmas at all. In fact, we have a rainfall warning effect, uh, in effect rather. Rain heavy at times is expected. The frozen, ra- the frozen ground has a reduced ability to absorb this rainfall. A developing low pressure system over the northeastern United States is forecast to track northward to pass west of the Maritimes tonight and Saturday. Light rain over southwestern Nova Scotia will become heavy at times tonight, then taper to a few showers late in the day Saturday. Total rainfall amounts of 25 to 40 millimeters are expected with the system, with possible higher amounts in areas of heaviest rain. Strong southerly winds accompanying the system will bring unseasonably warm temperatures to the region tonight and Saturday, with daytime highs expected to reach into the double digits on Saturday. The rain and melting snow may cause minor flooding in some areas. Cool northwesterly winds behind the system will quickly drop temperatures to below freezing overnight into Sunday. In addition, large waves and higher-than-normal water levels are likely along parts of the Atlantic coast on Saturday. Localized flooding in low-lying areas is possible. Heavy downpours can cause flash floods and water pooling on roads. Uh, It is currently 5 degrees here in Halifax and mostly cloudy. We're looking at periods of rain tonight in a low of 9 degrees. Uh, Saturday, December 22nd, rain at times heavy in a high of 12. uh, Going down to a low of minus 1 at night in a 30% chance of showers. Sunday, December 23rd, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 2, going down to a low of minus 2 and cloudy periods at night. Monday, December 24th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 0, going down to a low of minus 7 and cloudy periods at night. 
Tuesday, December 25th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 4, going down to a low of minus 9 in cloudy periods at night. Uh, much of the same on um, Wednesday, December 26th. In fact, exactly the same. A high of 4 and low of 9 and partly cloudy. And on Thursday, December 27th, a mix of sun and cloud and once again a high of minus 4 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And let's get to some more music, shall we? That was White Marshmallow, Red Santa Hat by Psych Audio, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. (laughs) 
And welcome back to the Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You're home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio, if you don't know. And a little bit of a cha- uh, shout out to Videl Gabriel, who hosted the show previous to me, um, and also hosts Pirate Radio, as you just heard, uh, on Mondays at 7.30 Atlantic Time. Pretty good stuff. Um, for now, though, I will let you know that I found a thing. Yes, I found a thing and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. Yes, I haven't come up with a better name for it, mostly because I haven't looked for one. Um, so yeah, this particular thing is about a meme that has been happening on the part of Keaton Patty over on Twitter, uh, at Keaton Patty, P-A-T-T-I where he claims to force a bot to watch over a thousand hours of something and then asks it to write its own and then presents the first page of that. Let me give you an example. I'm going to try not to laugh my face off as I'm reading this. I've written this one a few times, so hopefully we'll do fine. Lawyer commercial. Um, interior firm law room. A lawyer stands next to a shelf with books. The books are very wide. They have eaten too many words. Lawyer. Have you been hurt in an accidental car? Has the government sold your your lungs without asking nicely? Are you mesothelioma? Answer me. The lawyer opens a, re- a briefcase. It's full of lemons, the justice fruit only lawyers may touch. If so, you can act entitled for money. I'll help. I graduated from lawn school and all my teachers were bitten by dogs. Words scroll across the bottom of the screen. These are the cases the lawyer takes. Unfair stabbing, illegal shoes, music to Canadian, sue the rain, divorce your toilet, fake sons. I've been a lawyer for over 35 weekends and I'm currently dating the Bill of Rights for fun. We see the Bill of Rights. It's in love. The lawyer will break its heart. There's nothing we can do. Let me... Let me use it to send your asbestos to court. I will wear two suits and I promise to steal the judge's gavel for you. The lawyer opens up the the jacket of his first suit. (laughs) Millions of gavels pour out. His promise has worth. My clients never go to jail town. We see his past clients. A tornado. A tornado. A tornado. Remember, you don't pay for you don't pay any money (laughs) unless you pay us money. Call for a free use of phone. The phone did disappear. It's your social security number. There are a bunch of these over on his Twitter, and they're all kind of hilarious to read, and I would definitely recommend reading them, but it's just completely unrealistic to um, think of the fact that he forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of lawyer commercials and then asked it to write a lawyer commercial of its own. There's two things that we need to tackle about this, and um, Ryan F. Mandelbaum from Gizmodo has done so in an article entitled Don't Be Fooled by the Forced a Bot Meme. By now, you've probably seen the satirical post when someone claims to have forced the bot to watch thousands of hours of video and then write their own script. The posts are funny, but if you haven't realized, they're jokes that don't quite encapsulate how artificial intelligence works. Uh, We thought it was pretty obvious, but a lot of folks in the responses to the tweet's replies are asking if the spot is real, you know who you are, so here we are to kill the joke. No, kill the joke, it's a good joke. I like the joke, but let's explain it. Let's explain some of the reasoning away. Most of these posts are tweets with a page or two of nearly sensical dialogue. Of course, they're not real. A bot trained on infomercials wouldn't know how to say uh, certain words. There aren't thousands of hours of Saw movies. There's more like 20 hours. And there's surely no way a bot trained on Olive Garden commercials would say Italian citizens. In response to some folks falling for the joke, scientist Janelle Shane, who actually trains computers to do funny things like name guinea pigs and name candy hearts, explained how you can tell that the tweets are most likely fake and how to tell the difference between them and real AI. Neural networks are smart, but not quite that smart. They accept a large training set of data, data then spit out something based on the data they receive. 
Neural nets learn by example. If you showed a thousand hours of video, assuming 120,000 unique 30-second Olive Garden commercials exist, you'll get video out, not a script with stage directions, explains Shane in a thread. There is some really advanced AI out there that can really that really can produce some strange, seemingly human-made re results. You may have seen some of these impossibly good deep fake videos, but they're trained on videos too. Just this week, a team debuted an AI-generated film which required training a neural network on screenplays and videos, Ars Technica reported. While these bots seem far along in their development, they're not humans and can't think like humans making funny jokes yet. Neural networks trained on, write, on uh, writing struggle in, under, in other ways. Ugh. Words are hard. They typically meander in their outputs and have trouble with grammar, said Shane. She presented recipes her bots have written which forget the ingredients and fanfiction that forgets the plot as examples. There are bots that can assist in writing stories, like Botnik Studios, but these are predictive text keyboards like on your iPhone. They still require human direction. Shane's own lists usually require a human behind the scenes to select the funniest parts of the output. I wish people wouldn't present these fakes as bot-written. Actual AI-written text just isn't that coherent, Shane wrote. But she did think that some of these were funny. As to, as to a debate on whether or not these posts are funny, may I direct you to this satirical tweet as well. There's a link, uh, let's see. Yes, um, Keaton Patty isn't the only one in on the, um, the whole joke. Christine Love, at Christine Love, has, uh, has allegedly forced a bot to read over a thousand tweets claiming to be scripts written by bots online, and then asked it to write a script itself. It wrote these two pages, then hung itself. Oh, dear. Um, yes. Uh, if you want to check that out, at Christine Love on Twitter. Or you can check out this Gizmodo article and follow the link. Writer Keaton Patty, who has authorized many of the I Forced a Bot posts that look dubious, told Gizmodo, I'm, I just want to say that I'm really happy people are enjoying the bot's work and to look out for more in the future. Lol. Of course, if the bot is real, Patty could probably make a lot more money working for a company like Google than doing comedy. Sorry to kill the joke, but it seemed like enough people thought the tweets were real that we just had to say something. Blame society, not us. Um, so yeah, that's, um, I'm, I'm not going to discredit, uh, Mr. Patty as far as, uh, these entertaining scripts, but, um, yeah, these are not things that, um, could possibly have been done by a bot. I mean, when you also consider the fact that um, one would have to assume 120,000 unique 30-second Olive Garden commercials, I don't think Olive Garden's been around for long enough to produce 120,000 30-second commercials. So, hmm, something to consider. Don't take everything at face value. Let's read another one, just for fun. A news talker since sits at a desk across from Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of 9-11. Mr. Giuliani, you are President Trump's law dad. Is he collusion? If he is, that's not, that is not a crime. There are no crimes. Crimes died in 1995. I New Yorked them to death. But what about all the hush money paid to the tall beauty girls? Not crime. Storm Drain Daniels is pathetic. I've been twice as hot. Rudy Giuliani chugs a sip of a, from a mug of Russia. Well, the Trump pardoned President, <laughs> pardoned President Bush back to life. Nobody knows what happens ever. There are men made of glue. Nobody talks about it. Not you, not me. I haven't read this one uh, ahead of time. Not you, not me, not you, not me, only me, and you. Rudy Giuliani puts on his glasses. He now sees less. One source says Trump met with a leak of raccoons for a disgusting amount of time. Drawings exist. Raccoons are not crimes. Obama basketballed a raccoon. Hillary raccooned for Senate. And still the glue men changed Syria to Iraq. Some say White House illegally white. Trump may eat a large jail. 
Rudy Giuliani multiplies his teeth. This is attack mode. Oh dear. I would love to see more of that because it does seem to be to get quite interesting from there. But um, that is about all I have to say about that thing. And now I will lead off to another thing that I found actually just today um, about the oldest surviving cat. And um, quite an, an interesting thing when you consider that cats usually live for about 14 to 15 years, this one lived for 38 years and 3 days. That is about the equivalent of a human living to be 225 years old. <laughs> and um, had an interesting diet. Let's read this Wikipedia article, shall we? Cream Puff, August 3rd, 1967 to August 6, 2005, was a domestic cat owned by Jake Perry of Austin, Texas. She was the oldest cat ever recorded according to the 2010 edition of Guinness World Records when she died aged 38 years and 3 days. Perry had another cat, Grandpa, who was claimed to have been born in Paris, Texas in 1964 and died in 1998, aged 34 years and 2 months. Grandpa was posthumously awarded 1999 Cat of the Year by Cats and Kittens magazine. Um, Grandpa was featured in an earlier edition of Guinness World Records. The co-authors of at least one book have pondered whether the longevity of Perry's cats may have something to do with an unusual diet of, among other things, bacon and eggs, asparagus, broccoli, and coffee with heavy cream, concluding that Perry, quote, must be doing something right. Well, let me tell you something. Don't go feeding your cats coffee thinking they're going to live forever, because usually that doesn't so much work. Especially with the heavy cream, uh, most cats are actually lactose intolerant. So cream tends to not be a great idea, but for some reason, in Cream Puff's existence, something just lined up that allowed her to eat like a human, effectively, and uh, lived to a ripe old age of 225 years old, essentially. Um, so yeah, I would say this is probably not the best Guinness World Record to reach for. There are probably some more sane ones. Well, maybe not, because even the sane ones are kind of to an insane degree, but, um, you know, take care of your pets. Take good care of your pets, take good care of yourselves, and you'll live to be a ripe old age, even if it's not 225 years old. You'll get to experience all the things that the world has to offer. Hmm. Nice little sentiment there. Um, yeah, that's about all I gotta say for now, uh, until I find some more things, but for now I think we'll move on to a little bit of music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Jim Kulikowski with Deck the Halls from his album A Magical 8-Bit Christmas. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That was Nut Rocker by Mize from Merry Chipmas 2012. And that shall round off our hour for today. Um, so yeah, I'll be back, of course, next week and uh, possibly with a special guest in tow for the show. Hmm, that should be interesting, shouldn't it? Yes, it should. And uh, until then, though, I do wish you... Uh, happy holidays whatever you do celebrate uh, do be safe out there especially with the rain and it possibly freezing overnight tomorrow um and uh, yeah have a safe holiday and i'll be back for you next week 
Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Left Shores podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Manama Namiki, Noriyuki Kimikura, Simon Woodington, Pink Projects, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour at 7 p.m. and the nighttime. Oh, uh, rather, and the Vinyl Factory at 8:30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of of uh, the show available. Uh, you can find it at lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, or you can search for a Square Wave Symphony, uh, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio, or wherever you find your podcast, wherever that may be, I'm sure it will be there if you look hard enough. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolier, if you don't know, happy holidays, and I'll see you guys next time.